in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm coming in hot. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, this is episode one hundred and seven of the two white chicks in China, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I've just been reading some crazy facts about China and getting all pumped up about living here. You know, we've talked about how it goes in cycles. When you're, I don't know if this is something that happens when you're an expat anywhere or if it's specifically in China,、mm-hmm. but you meet a lot of people who, here who are sometimes they're in a down downswing and sometimes they're in、Absolutely. like a upswing. And、um, we all kind of go through these cycles if you've been here long enough. And I am on the up and up. Oh, very good. I don't know what it is. Spring is in the air, and I just find everything fascinating <laughs> here. Whereas, you know, maybe a year and a half ago, I found everything frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So it's. So I'm on the up and up,、um, and I just read some fact about China、um, that I thought was astounding. So in the year 2000, so it's not that long ago, I、mm-hmm. guess. Well, I mean, doesn't seem like that long ago.、Um, so only four percent of the population here was considered middle class. Four percent. Ooh. Yeah. So now, um, not even 20 years later. The number of middle class people in China greatly exceeds the entire population of the United States. <laughs> so it's reaching about 500 million middle class people.、Ooh. So in this short period of time, it's just basically scooped up all the people who are below the poverty line and shoved them into the middle class. Wow! So it's really, really amazing.、That's... The entire population of the United States—it's—it's it's quite a bit more than that. I can't even. I mean, I'm trying. I'm really having like difficulties really imagining that.、It、just sounds so unbelievable.、Mm-hmm. What's so? Do you have that as a percentage? Like the percentage increase? I'm not sure. I guess we could probably figure. It out、that's、if there's 1.4 million people and it's 500 million people, someone, someone out there can do it's the math. It's a lot, but it's way more than four <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's、wow. pretty good. Pretty good fact.、Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I'm now gonna give you something really silly <laughs> to compare with that fact. Uh, so uh, this, uh, the headline is: Married couple discover they were in the same photo 18 years ago. <laughs> This is really、What? daft. This、What? is really daft, but I was just like, "This is so funny and cool." So I have to tell you about this. So the, there was a, this couple that they've been married for five years, and、uh, they were going through some old photos together, and they discovered that they're in two different photos, but it, the photo was taken at the same time in slightly different angles.、Uh, so the girl is in one shot, just. Uh, to like the right of the guy, he, she's in the far like forefront of the picture, and he, in in her picture, he's in the background, <laughs> like to the you know. Oh,、back. okay. So it wasn't like they were with a group or something. No, no, like no, that, no. They two sep. They were both with their parents. So this happened <gasps> when they were ten years old. Oh my god! This、gosh. is in two thousand.、Uh, so they they took separate trips to the seaside town of Qingdao.、Um, Uh, the boy was with a to a group, and the the girl was with her mum, and so they st- they stopped. They both stopped. There must be、uh, it's it's in front of the Mayfourth Square, and they posed for、uh, photos right in front of it at the same time. It's, I mean, it could easily be photoshopped. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not going to be totally naive about it. It was just, 
I just found it so funny and like it's kind of endearing, right? like, yeah. and you can see, like, please, like, I'm gonna link to this because I think you should just see it. Because at first I was like, what? Like, what? Like, they didn't they? Do they know each other? But then when you look at the pictures, it's quite good. Oh, yeah. nice! I'm definitely gonna check that. Yeah, out. you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a daft one for you, but yeah. I always think about that, like, with my <laughs> husband too. You know, because we. Once we kind of like went through and retraced our steps, like all the countries he's been in, yeah, and, right. all the and you think about like what if we had been on the same flight, or you know, mm-hmm. had even in China before we met, had seen each other, been around each other yeah. without knowing it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's possible, isn't it? So. You just don't know who you're like going to run into. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Love yeah. it. Okay, so uh, let's move on to our question. And so our question questions, many yeah, questions many, <laughs> uh, c- come from Caroline, and uh, she says, "Hi, Nora and Holly. I will be studying abroad in Hong Kong, Hong Kong, this coming spring. I've been listening to your podcast, and I've already learned so much about China and Hong Kong." Uh, since you've both taught in Chinese schools, you've explored elementary level schools quite a bit. I wondered if you could explore the topic of college age students in China uh, slash Hong Kong. Uh, what activities are popular? Where do college-age students generally hang out? Any cultural must-do, uh, must such as calligraphy class? Are Chinese colleges as difficult as us in the U.S. imagine them to be? Are there any particular places in China or outside of China, Japan, Vietnam, South Korea, etc., uh, et that you'd uh, really recommend a college-age student to travel? Uh, also, I've been studying Chinese in school for two years, but still feel quite ill-prepared, as conversational Chinese is quite different. Any particular, particularly easy, fun ways to learn conversational Chinese outside of class? Uh, any tips, ideas, or info you have would be helpful. Love your podcast. Thank you. Uh, also, <laughs> just keeps going. <laughs> also, are there any newspapers you find are a reliable way to get up to date on current events and business, political climate of China? And then there's the last question, which I'm going to read, but we are actually going to save this one for a separate podcast. Uh, she says, oh, and I'm studying logistics in school, particularly the transport of perishable goods like healthy, fresh foods. Any companies or government entities you'd recommend investigating? Sorry for my three separate questions, and thanks again for all the info. Well, three. it was a long <laughs> one, but we appreciate it anyway. A lot of questions packed it's certainly, yes, certainly an interesting few uh, set of subjects there for us to address. Yes, very cool. Yeah, the whole logistics in China, not just the fresh or perishable food mm. stuff, but just logistics in China would be a super interesting topic. So Holly and I discussed making that a separate um, episode just because it's such a fascinating and mind-boggling part of life in China. So we're going to we're going to hold off on that until another episode. Yeah. Can't tell you when, but it will be coming up one of these days. Yeah. And we'd rather put the time into researching or something like that, because it's such a, a an interesting topic. We, we don't want to give you just like, oh, well, you know, we've heard about this company and that company. Like, we, we want to give you some proper facts. So. Right. Yeah. So should we just start from the top? Yeah, I let's... mean, there's so much stuff to <laughs> unpack here. We should do that. Yeah, just start yes, from the top. Take it from the top. Yeah. So the first question seems to be, I wondered if you could explore the topic of college-age students in China slash Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. First of all, there's a world of difference between a Chinese college and a Hong Kong college. Yeah. 
I think it's going to be much easier for you to integrate into a Hong Kong college. And actually, you won't really even be using any of the Chinese that you've learned, probably, in your classes, because I I assume you're studying Mandarin. Yeah, I was going to say, sorry, I'm just going under the table for my notes. (laughs) Um, She doesn't say, uh, Caroline doesn't say whether she... She just says Chinese, right? I assume it's Mandarin. I would Chinese. assume so too. It's very few. I yeah. mean, it's not even that easy to find a Cantonese class. Right. So in Hong Kong, there's not going to be that many people in your class who don't speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, uh, and they'll probably be speaking Cantonese to each other. There'll be very few people who speak only Mandarin. So yeah. you probably won't get a whole lot of the language aspect. Yeah, my so my sister-in-law is actually studying at Hong Kong at, in Hong Kong at the moment, and the impression I get is that it's very much like a Western student life. Like you know, you uh, you have x amount of hours per week, like uh, certain mandatory subjects. Uh, you get like, but the, even this is very different to what I was used to. Like having these like major to major in a subject and then have these minor subjects. That's foreign to me. Oh, you but don't I have minors. No, not really. Uh, okay, you it, kind of, but that's it's not quite the same system. Mm. Anyway, uh, so I, and you know, you still like students are going out partying and like just doing normal student things that you would do in the US or the UK. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Versus in China, yeah. <laughs> which is what we're going to get into now. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think there's a huge difference in maturity level, culture. Again, going go back to the language, um, campus life, and dorm living, and all this stuff between China and Hong Kong. Um, when I say maturity, I mean like in general. I feel like Hong Kong students have more. Um, free time in their high school years, yeah. so they have more of a chance to socialize, they have boyfriends and girlfriends, I assume, and they have some kind of more life experiences, and yeah. actually, I assume, I don't have statistics, I tried to find some statistics for this, but I'm just assuming that most high school students in Hong Kong commute from their homes to school, Versus where in China, I feel like there are a lot of these boarding schools yeah. where they live in these dormitories and they're strictly watched by, um, you know, like all the time. Like in the school that I worked at was a boarding school in Sichuan. Um, the students, they were, they were fenced in. Like they couldn't even leave the campus. In yeah. fact, they would have like shop vendors would come and throw the snacks like over the wall. Yes. To the students, and the students would throw the money back in the <laughs> snack vendors because they couldn't even go across the street to buy a snack. Like, they yeah. were literally jailed yeah. in there. And so I think in Hong Kong, you have, with this kind of life experience comes a certain maturity that I think a lot of Chinese students lack when they get into university. Yeah. Different, they've had different life lessons, haven't they? Like, yeah, but I, I totally know what you're saying. Especially with the social aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're totally Yeah, they're very that. disciplined, that's for sure. Like, the Chinese students are extremely disciplined and focused. Focused, absolutely. Yeah, and goal-oriented. <laughs> and I guess they have a lot of self-control over their hormones and stuff because they just aren't allowed to develop yeah. in that way I, while they're under the roof I, of their I almost find that schools. I feel like if that was... if. If that would be me, or I, I think if this was the same in the West, like if you'd had this very like controlled high school edu- or like life, 
you, you know, let's say if, even say maybe you've been homeschooled or something, so you've had a certain like, uh, you've been brought up in a certain way and then you go to university, no parents, there's no rules. I think most kids would just go mental. Yeah. You'd just like, you'd party every night, you'd do everything you would never been able to do. But it seems like in China this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know, you'd think this is like, freedom, freedom, come on, no. But I think they think that they're <laughs> free, you know what I mean? Because like, we right, were picking right. our colleagues' brains about these... Mm-hmm kind of things and she was talking about how they would go out to KTV and I could see the little like snicker on their face as if she's doing something wrong yeah. and KTV is so different even from like okay so KTV is karaoke but it's not like karaoke in the US or I don't know I think it's in similar in the UK where it's like a bar will yeah. have a karaoke yeah, 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 night, yeah, 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 yeah. right? Yeah, and right. so anybody yeah, can come it. and sing. Yeah. Or you could have a karaoke bar, I guess, where their thing is that it's karaoke all the time. But in China, yeah. it's like you get together with a group of people and you pitch in and rent a room together. Mm-hmm. So there's no stranger. Like, you don't come encou- encounter, like, strangers. You're yeah. all together in this room. And a lot of times there's these planned activities, like games that they have planned and, like... Yeah. Snacks and foods is very like even the fun is organized. <laughs> yeah, the fun is like summer camp. It was actually a struggle for us to try to get information out of Champs and like, yeah. what do you guys do for yeah. fun? And she just talked about student organizations yeah. and like this very organized fun. And I and I was trying to get at like, what about your f- like free time? Yeah. And I think she she struggled to come up with, with an answer for me. I think these Chinese high school students don't understand free time they feel yeah. uncomfortable with free time so they'd rather yeah. join an organization with other students um and have somebody else help them have fun yeah <laughs> so i just want to i think we're going to talk about this in what like it, dormitories in more detail oh. shortly but she said so on the going to ktv thing oh, i was so good she said like so <laughs> you get like locked in at 11 o'clock or something like there's a curfew at so, the dorms. In the dorms, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she said, if we wanted to go out, like, and st- and, st- and not come back at eleven o'clock, we would have to like arrange to, uh, to like be in KTV the whole night and like just sing all night. We were like, what do you mean? She was like, you know, like, well, Nora said, so you mean like come back at six o'clock? She was like, yeah. So to have fun, like, to often. Chinese kind of fun, style fun. You you basically have to stay out all night. Or you have singing to be back KTV. by... She said the curfew was like either 10, 10 o'clock or 11 yeah. o'clock. And then they would lock the dorm and you wouldn't be able to get back inside. And sometimes they would do a bed count, like bed check. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely not going to fly in mm-hmm. the US or in the UK. No, no can you... Might, well, I mean, the thing is, like, the idea that you're an 18-year-old, 18-plus, being locked in. Yeah. <laughs> and not have your own key. Like, that's, I feel like I never actually asked her this, but that's the implication that you do not have a key. No, or no, anything I don't think they have to your own room. Right. <laughs> well, your own room. Again, let's talk about that. Yeah, shall we? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think both Holly and I just exchanged glances and giggles when Champson said, Oh, when I was going to university, I got to stay with eight students in my room yeah. but some some people only stay with four yeah, or six only only <laughs> and she was like i got it i had a i was i had a good opportunity to meet people and that was her she like saw it as such a positive, positive thing, to yeah. live with all these people crammed in this small space 
And it really is. It's not like a big room where you've got, okay, there are six other people, but you've got space to, like, call your own. You're on top of each other. Yeah. Like, I, I cannot imagine... I mean, it's bad enough having to be with six other strangers in the same room, but you've got no privacy. Like, you don't have your own space. Oh, man, it's just... I mean, where do I, where do I start? I don't know. <laughs> in this sense, like, the cultural difference is so great. Like, Chinese people love to go... Like, I feel like most Westerners stray from crowds. Like, they don't like when places are too crowded. But in Chinese, they have this word, now. And it means, like, crowded and busy, but mm -hmm. it's very positive. Like, you would never say, like, in a negative, negative. way, like, oh, it's so rin now. Like, it's so noisy and mm -hmm. busy. That's, like, such a good thing for like Chinese energy. people. Like, yeah. So they want to go where the action is. and They want to eat where everybody's eating. And oh, that's so true. Yeah, if there's a rest, like, there's a strip of restaurants and there's 50 people crammed into one and then one is empty, they would never go to the empty one. Even if they have to queue for an hour to get into this restaurant. Yeah. And they often put, in the malls, they often put, like, stools and seats outside the restaurant so you can sit and queue and wait. Mm -hmm. Or get those tickets. They have a whole oh, ticketing some of them system. Do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is, like... You know, they they really um, trust the voice of the crowd. Yeah. 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 It's I think following the crowd is 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 a good thing here. Like I mean that's it's really seen as positive. I started doing it myself. I'm like, no one's at this restaurant. There must be something wrong with it. But <laughs> Barrett follows that rule. He says, Well, if they're here, they're here for for a reason because it's obviously good. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. Well, we'll see. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> Marketing. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's easy. If you just if you want to be somewhat brainless and not really think sometimes, it's quite yeah, nice. Just, just to be like along. Yeah? Why but, not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Craziness. Yeah. So yeah, I think that just the difference between like culture and I think in Hong Kong it's going to be a completely different experience. You probably have some students from China in Hong Kong. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, but I think you'll notice right away the difference between yeah. those students. I actually think there are lots of international students in mm -hmm. Hong Kong, like mm -hmm. from other Asian countries as well. Yeah. That's the that's what I understand. Mm -hmm. um, on the back on the dorm thing. Did we mention that they'll also cut the electricity? Might do. Like, uh, I don't know if this is still going on now, because, like, obviously Champson's experiences are over 10 years old. I, we assume things are going to be, have changed, will have changed by now. But I also read on, like, Quora that they would cut the electricity at, like, 10 o'clock. Um, they definitely did that in the high school that I worked yeah. at. Yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me in the high schools, because... I guess they had to do it so that the kids would actually sleep instead of panic studying in the middle of the night. Like, But they would still they be, would like, still huddled in the bathroom studying. It makes me sick, honestly. I, yeah, it's yeah, really sad. sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what activities are popular, do you think, for... Did you find anything, like, did you ask your sister-in-law at all about what she does in Hong Kong? I mean, when she's not at... Not... So studying? It seems as though she just does her own thing. Like, I don't think there's any... Uh, I'm not sure if they, they don't don't exist or not, but she doesn't seem to be part of, like, clubs and things. Mm. I think she's just, like... She's made friends and she does stuff, like, outside of the university. I don't think they're arranged. So, you know, there's... In Hong Kong, there's lots of places to... Uh, there are lots of beaches and places to hike and stuff, so I think that's the kind of stuff she likes to do. Okay. Outdoorsy type things. 
Yeah, I mean, Hong Kong is so small. I mean, you can get from one end of the island to the other in an hour, so yeah. it's easy to explore everywhere there. Whereas in China, some of the universities are kind of, they're not really centrally located, so you have to travel quite a bit to get somewhere super different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think in Hong Kong, it'll be, like you said, more like... I just think it'll be normal. I think, like, whatever you want to well, do, we you can do. Normal, right? Yeah, okay, I know. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> funny, using bunny rabbit is normal. <laughs> yeah, but having said that, like, Champson was saying about in China how there are, like... Um, clubs and societies that are set up for the students and that was the same at my university like or within most universities that have a student union there are clubs and societies set up uh by the by the by students and you can like i mean there's no like no one's forcing you to go but i went to i was part of a film club so i would go every, i think it was every tuesday night and they would play like some really obscure movies mm-hmm. and it was cool like some people would just like take their like a you know, a drink with them or, you know, and this was in one of the lecture theatres, they would just let us use it. Nice. Um, or Champson said that she would go to, like, an anime club, and I actually also did something similar, so it's... I see some parallels, but I imagine that the Chinese societies would be way more, like, you know, strict, and there are going to be more rules, whereas we would just go and just often just have a laugh, like, you're watching TV or a film, just, like, casually. There's yeah. no... The only thing that they did have uh, that was more strict were the, like the sports clubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's kind of because um, the second part of the question is like where or um, are there any cultural must dos such mm. as calligraphy class? And I think it would be cool for Caroline to try to see if there are any of yeah. those social... I mean, th- those are great ways to meet Definitely. people. If you can do it, if there's the opportunity, why not just yeah. jump in? So if there's anything that coincides with your interests. Yeah. In China, though, I think that would be much more difficult to do just because of the language barrier if you're going to first of all i don't know how it works with foreign students who co i think there are very few foreign students who attend university in china um didn't we talk about this in the past like some universities have quite a few like but maybe in like beijing i assume that they have their own programs because i doubt the foreign students are studying the studying the subject in mm, Chinese. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's it. Like, they have... Or, or the, the chi- Like, the subject will be taught in English, but the Chinese students are also in that class. Like, it's mm. everyone, not just specifically for foreigners, I don't mm-hmm. think. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, in Hong Kong, I'm sure all the classes are in English, right? Or the classes that you'll need. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They probably have also some kind of, like... Uh, if you can take Cantonese, I think that would be cool. Like, I would suggest if you're going to be in Hong Kong to try to see if the university... I'm sure that they... I'm sure they do. I'm sure they have, yeah, some kind of, like, intro to Cantonese class. Just so that it's... Even if you don't intend to, like, learn Cantonese fluently, you're in that environment, and you'll be surprised how much you pick up if Mm. you have a little bit of a guide, and then you're hearing it all the time, and it just makes your life more interesting. And you'll impress your... You know, Hong Kong friends, too, by yeah. spitting out a little Cantonese here and there. They, they tend to really like that. Yeah. My sister-in-law didn't learn spoken. Like, she didn't learn Cantonese, but she did have to learn traditional characters. 
Okay. Just for the first year. I don't know if she has to do it for a second year, but I know she did for the first oh, year. Oh, that was one of the requirements. Yeah, it was a required oh, nice. class. Yeah. That's cool. So maybe Caroline will have something similar. Yeah, I think that stuff should be required. Um, calligraphy class is also cool. Like that also, if you you intend to continue studying Chinese, you said you've been learning for two years already. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, taking calligraphy for me was really useful in just appreciating the structure of Chinese characters because there really is I mean when you're when you first start studying it's just like ah, like you don't know what you're looking at all these lines and dots and some of them seem so complex mm-hmm. but you start understanding the the structure and the a lot of it is based on um, just like the relationship of each piece between each other I don't know how you you would necessarily call that but it's it's um it's definitely got a methodology to it, and yeah, it's a lot. It's very. It can be logical, can it? Yeah, and when you're doing it as an art, you tend to appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's. I would recommend that if that's something that you'd be interested in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Should we move on to the next question? Uh, yeah. Where Where are we in the list? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like picked it apart, question by question. I did, but I have two pieces of paper, and one's on the floor, and I don't want to go under the table again. <laughs> So the next one that I have here is says, um, are Chinese colleges as difficult as you uh-huh. as us in the US imagine them to mm. be? Well, it sounds as though they're not. Mm. Uh, according to Chamson, she said she feels like it's the opposite that in the she, she in the US she she says like it's uh you're kind of more relaxed in your high school years and then it's more difficult at university whereas in China it's the opposite mm-hmm. it's very it's hardcore I mean we've we had we've had whole episodes about like high schools and stuff and how difficult it is uh, for the going through the Gaokao and all that kind of stuff whereas uh, once you're in university it seems more laid back mm-hmm. kind of although there seems to be still a lot of rules <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I think study wise it's well unless you're she was talking about if you're trying to go for a postgraduate degree then of course it gets a little more difficult, yeah. but she said that uh, she seemed to think the studies were pretty relaxed. Yeah, I think, I suppose it's, you know, with anything, like, you can choose, if you don't want to really put that much effort in, then you can kind of, like, sail through it and come out with a lower degree, whereas if you, you know, you, you want to do, or I mean, just even for your, your own self, like, you if you're going to spend four years in university, you might as well try and come out with something decent. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> But I'd be interested to, to know how it is in Hong Kong. I'll bet you it'll be more like a Western university where it's going to be, you're going to have some classes where you really do need to study. But I don't think it's going to be any more mm-hmm. difficult than your, you know, colleges in the West. I yeah. Think it's going to be similar. I imagine it'll be if there are certain mandatory classes. So I found on Quora someone talking about their experiences at university and they said that. Um, this may be a little old, but it said that they had mandatory subjects like college English, advanced maths, uh, computer courses, politics and ideology and PE. They were the mandatory subjects. So if you're if you're not strong with mathematics, for example, I would suck. Like that would be really hard for me. Like I feel as though that's one of the subjects I would have to put a lot of effort, like Did time and effort into. Did you not have in college nope. um, mandatory math? <laughs> Nope. No, really? Okay. Nope. I stopped doing maths at 16 and I have not <laughs> looked at maths again. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Hmm. Probably should. I mean, you know, no, once you once you go to college at 16, that's it. You can 
basically choose whatever you want to do. Okay. Because that sounds somewhat similar to the U.S. We also had to do like a, some kind of a physical class. We had to do some, uh, yeah, it's just like they had some pre, like they had some required classes that everybody had to take. Yeah. Um, I think I, because I think if you do any like AP classes and so like advanced placement classes in high school, so they have some oh. classes that you can take in high school where you actually earn college credit. Right. So that's what I did. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to actually take math in university, but um, most students do. But I don't think it's that difficult to do it. Right. At least not in the U.S., I don't think I so. See. But yeah, I don't, I don't think you'd have to worry that much about your coursework if you were in China, especially if you were in China as a foreign student, because I doubt that you would be under the same, um, like, you Unless you can write Chinese, you know, That's read it. and write Chinese fluently, you're yeah. gonna have a hard time. Like I have I a assume friend you're in with on a set, on a special kind of program for foreigners. Yeah. yeah, I have a dear, dear friend who's from Iceland who has been in China for almost twenty years now because her father wow. brought her over when she was like fifteen, um, and so. She and she's her reading is pretty good, so she said, ah, "I'm gonna get a degree in China." Mm -hmm. And she applied at a Chinese university, and she was gonna take all the classes in Chinese. And halfway through the semester, she was just like, "No," because no. all the reading you have to do it obviously just uh, takes way longer yeah, when you're reading yeah. it. Even if you, even if you're pretty good at written Chinese, it's just it's a lot Gosh. of reading for a native speaker, let alone yeah. and like digesting and uh, so much stuff. So, yeah, I don't recommend it unless you're a genius, mm -hmm. which you might be, Caroline, so yeah. you try. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about, um, she's asking about particular places mm. in China or outside of China that we'd recommend a college-age student to travel. Uh, probably anywhere. <laughs> Just get out. Mm. You might, like, loosen up a bit and enjoy the rest of your years at university. <laughs> oh, and Hong Kong should be good, but, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. not going to be too constrictive. But, uh, there's, like, from Hong Kong, there are so many cool places. Like, lately, the tickets to fly to Japan are crazy cheap. Yeah, yeah. So, Japan would be an awesome option. I haven't been there yet. I'm waiting. I'm, like, waiting. I don't want to touch Japan until I'm, like, already wealthy mm -hmm. and can just, like, just do much. whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Although, I don't think in the countryside, which is where I'm more interested in going, is all that expensive. Yeah. But I don't want to do Japan on a budget. But mm -hmm. a lot of these other countries, especially for college-age students, it's really easy to travel. Like Depends what you want as well. Yeah. Like, Thailand, I did yeah, one of those Thailand. crazy full moon parties. That was mental. Although, I don't know if you'd want to do that by yourself like i wouldn't no. necessarily recommend going there as a woman yeah and by Maybe. you know just by yourself it's not as fun um and then like myanmar is really interesting but again i wouldn't go there by myself just because it's really hard to navigate and it's exhausting if you have to do it by yourself um vietnam would be cool yeah. Laos would be cool yeah. like a lot of a lot of great places to go cambodia would be cool mm-hmm so there's a ton of places where you can go super easy to get to from Hong Kong, super cheap. Yeah. And then not to mention, like, Singapore is awesome, Malaysia. But, but kind of expensive. Yeah, For students, maybe not stu student-friendly. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I <laughs> mean, maybe the hostels and stuff, but yeah, it's so yeah. cool. And then Malaysia is really cool. I went to Tiumen Island in Malaysia, and that was amazing. Super wild, monkeys... Um, massive, like, dragon sort of a things, like, 
two meter long dragon, great, like super long <laughs> tails. Um, yeah, just all, there's a lot of cool places. Indonesia, Brunei, like all, there's tons of places to yeah. travel in. But also in China now, like, I, I think if you, I mean, if she's in Hong Kong, then soon that, uh, that uh, fast train will be going out of Hong Kong to into Shenzhen so like Ten you just minutes. nip over I, I think this is like Amazing. the third podcast we've mentioned it in but I'm I can't so shut up about it like, and I can't wait I know I'm probably never going to get on it because it's just going to be packed delight, full delight of, people. of people but I really want to try it like at least try and just be like this is amazing yeah, because usually it takes about an hour well, 40 minutes Depends video, on that'll be a video in the future yes <laughs> Even the train from Shenzhen to Guangzhou that takes 20 minutes is amazing. Yeah. It's really nice. So, yeah, China, there's tons. And China, traveling in China is so safe. And it's affordable as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a little bit more difficult to navigate if you're doing it by yourself. Like, it's not that Mm. easy. Like, you don't have a lot of online resources in English to tell you where to go and what to do. Um, there are, but it's just not as much as, say, like, Thailand. It was, like, super touristy. Um, yeah. But it's very safe. Other than, like, pickpockets, you don't have to worry about, you know... You hear horror stories from, like, Southeast Asia, some tourists going and having problems with either drugs or violent crimes. But in China, it's, like, way to, safer. To be honest, the biggest thing you have to worry about is being, uh, like... Photographed. Taken- <laughs> yeah that and being just being taken advantage of with your money like yeah if, as soon as they bargain, see a, yeah. like a white face or i mean just a foreigner in general you can be completely taken advantage of mm. and something that might cost you 50 quai all of a sudden costs you 300 like I'm, i mean i'm talking for like taxis if someone stops you and says oh i can take you there and it's going to cost you 300 that's not a that's not a bargain yeah <laughs> just telling you <laughs> yeah, yeah always get a second opinion right yeah yeah, I bought a banana, one banana for $3 <laughs> my first day in China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a taxi incident. Uh, I saw so I'd been in China for seven or eight months, and my the school I work for would give me a work visa. So I went home for Christmas, and I came back. And for some reason, I just was not prepared. Like, I wasn't, like... I hadn't thought about how am I going to get home, <laughs> so I was I was at the border and someone came to me and said like oh you know like I've got a I've got a cab and I and I thought he meant like one of those shuttles and I thought okay like I'll go with you and then and then I thought I realized we got to a certain point and I was like no this is a mistake so I went back I took my did case you end up getting packed in a van with like no seven I didn't other I people. didn't get I didn't get to that point because I thought this is a mistake Holly go with your gut. And I, I turned yeah, around. Yeah, once they left. start walking away from, and you're like yeah, walking no, half a no, mile, yeah, like, like, like away, this is not right. Like, Bye. <laughs> I don't even know how much he, I said it was going to be, but I just thought this is all wrong. Just, just turn back. <laughs> Most places, the taxi, the official cabs are going to be cheap and just fine. Like, like in Latin America, it's really bad for the like a lot of places in Latin America are really bad. Like, you really have to know where you're going, and if they sniff That's out it. that you're a tourist, they're going to drive you around and around and around and then just charge up the meter. But in China, I really don't think, because a lot of the companies have GPS on their cars, mm. and if you, if you suspect even that the driver is messing with you, you just ask him for that fa piao. So you say yeah, right. fa piao, and it's like the ticket that has... 
Um, it basically has all the information that you need on there to track that guy down to the police. Yeah. Yeah. So I just asked for the Fa Piao and then, like, the other day, I think we got it. I think it was a fake cab, like... A fake cab? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, like, fake license plate no and, like, way. fake... Yeah, yeah. So it looks legitimate. Like, you wouldn't well, know. I'm surprised. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> my husband knows, like, to the to the tenth of the kilometer how, like, distance is between different places, right? So he knew, like, the, the meter said it was, like, 4.6 kilometers, and he knew that it was, like, it was less off. than three or something like that. So he argued with, the, he was arguing with the cab driver, was like, I'm not paying. Like, this is very rare, by the way. We take cab, like, pretty yeah. much every day, yeah. at least once. So this is, like, a super rare thing to happen. But still... You got, we got one, and then I just asked him, because they were arguing back and forth, and he said, I'm only going to give you this, like, he was, my husband was only going to give him what he knew Usually was, should have been him. the fare, yeah. yeah. And the cab driver was arguing, and I was like, give me the fa piao, and then all of a sudden, the mm-hmm. taxi he driver was like, oh, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, just give me that, and, and go. So that fa piao, this, it just means, like, a receipt issued by, it's like a government receipt, it's like official receipt is um it's really valuable in china like it has all this information where they can track you down later so if you suspect that but anyway you're probably not gonna have a problem with that in china it's really it's a rare thing yeah it's really rare. i assume probably you know 10 years ago or 20 years ago it might have been a little bit worse but now nobody can be bothered to try to rip you off by like a dollar so they have better things to do so don't worry about that yeah yeah. Um, I, I just, I feel like I, I, I don't know if we mentioned about it when we were talking back about the, what Chinese people do and like in their spare time. Mm. The, there's not, we mentioned KTV, but there's not a lot of partying going on, just as a mention. Mm. There's not, in Chi- I mean, in Hong Kong, there's for sure partying. Yeah. But in China and the mainland, maybe a little bit more now. But there's a lot less partying than we would be used to in the West, I think. It seemed also that Champson was, um, like, didn't understand that people could party just to party. Because <laughs> she was saying, oh, some people might have, like, a birthday party, but yeah. then they'd only invite their close friends. But it's like, so that concept of just, like, we're having that a party, party like, yeah, we bought like, a keg, yeah. you know, like, this kind of thing yeah. is so alien right. to people here. Yeah. So I think it's, like, the way that they let loose or if they let loose at all is very different yeah, yeah. But, but i think um so i've been onto the camp sh- i think you have as well right been to the, onto the campus in on shenzhen in Shen- bleh, bleh, shenzhen university mm. so they now they have several bars on campus and they're like proper student bars like they're a bit grimy and the food is cheap but pretty good and like every just everything's cheap and very studenty and it's mm. actually quite fun and those that there's one i can't remember the, it's got a girl's name Anyway, um, it's packed. Like, okay. I don't know, like, and you this can tell most of them, sure, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah, and they do look like student age. Like, you walk in and you feel like the oldest pe- people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they are they are going out and enjoying themselves a bit more. I think. Okay. Okay, a little bit of Western influence, Probably. a little bit of money, because now there's. More, well, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Not as concerned about. Not as much pressure to get a high-paying job after university. <laughs> well, well, you can just have some uh, facial reconstruction and you'll get a job, right? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> hmm. So, uh, <laughs> Caroline, uh, next question is about, uh, conversational Chinese. She's, although she's, she's been studying Chinese in school for two years, she still feels quite ill prepared, uh, as conversational Chinese is quite different. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, are there any easy, fun ways to learn conversational Chinese outside of class? Well, thank you for giving us the perfect opportunity to plug our website, writtenchinese.com. No, um, that's got a lot of cool free study tools on there. So if you haven't gotten the app yet, then um, I encourage you to download that. But um, I think, first of all, she's not going to really have to worry about using conversational Chinese in Hong Kong. Um, But for those of you who are studying Chinese and you're reaching that two-year mark and you still don't feel like you're making a lot of progress, like keep going it's such a steep learning curve with chinese at least for me you reach there's like you you're struggling for so long and then you reach a point where you have just built enough of a vocabulary that suddenly just things start making sense like you start connecting the dots Mm -hmm. so china like i feel like with english language we have a name for everything like all these words like I think English probably is the language that has the most words in it just because it's been used all over the world mm-hmm. and all these dialectical worlds have been added words have been added to it and stuff but with Chinese you have almost like a grab bag of a thousand characters and then they just depending on how you yeah how you mix them together mm-hmm. um that changes the meaning and like creates new meanings and stuff and so if you can just hold on and keep going until you reach that point i promise you it gets much easier after that yeah and so i was i was gonna say that um there may be mandarin speakers who are in in school with you oh for sure and perhaps if they're if you are part of like like maybe you join some sort of club together or something or there are just social events just take like take advantage of it and just like talk with them or you know as much as you can and i'm sure that they'll be willing to um speak chinese and also practice their english with you so you can do like take turns and speak both languages and and i also wanted to mention um so we uh have uh, we're friends with a company called Mandarin HQ, and um, if you want to practice your conversational Chinese, there's all, uh, yeah, I'm gonna uh, <laughs> I'm gonna suggest that you go to our page writtenchinese.com/episode107 for the link because the their page for this product is hidden somewhere, <laughs> so you can get the link um, and just uh, check it out. It's uh, it's called the Real Spoken Chinese Vault. And they basically have all these videos of like conversations, uh, in, in Chinese, like from, um, created by native speakers. And they're from all over China because people, you know, in Shenzhen are from everywhere. And so they all have slightly different ways of saying things. So it's good, like to, you know, anyway, you can check it out. Yeah, I love that. That the, yeah, so, and it's really broken down into bite sized pieces. And it's got like, first it'll show you, the dialogue without any subtitles and then it'll show you with opinion and then it'll show you with the English. Mm -hmm. So you get like, so you get more and more information. So in the beginning you can just try to grab as much as you can. And then you get a little bit more of an aid and a little bit more Mm -hmm. of an aid. 
And I really love that they asked the same people, or they they asked different people the same question, like Holly was saying. So those people then, um, either they ask the question in a different way or their response is totally different. And so you get that exposure to real life Mandarin. It's a great way. That's a great, I'm glad that you mentioned that, Holly, because that's such a nice tool to use um, when you're trying to make the jump from classroom to real life. Chinese, so yeah, Mandarin, yeah, or if you keyword search on writtenchinese.com, if you search Mandarin yeah, HQ, right. you'll also, also pop up. Yeah, you can find, because Holly and I did a review of it, so you can actually get, like, a little demo. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in that, definitely check that out. Um, I'd also say, because she said, like, are there any tips or ideas, and um, I think for me, it's really important when I'm studying a new language to try to find a way to incorporate into daily life rather than try to carve out an hour or two hours of study time in the evening. That doesn't work for me at all. So what I would do is, being here, it's much easier because it's like when I'm going home, I look at all the signs that are around my building and I slowly start translating all Mm -hmm. of them so that every time I go home, I'm reviewing those words. Like for me, that's really useful for like rich in Chinese. Or when I receive a text message in Chinese, I really try to read it. Yeah. Or when I take a taxi, I try to get the cab driver into like a casual conversation. To me, that's perfect because it's like if you screw it up or you don't understand, it's just like, fine, you just get out of the car and never see him. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I I know what you mean. I also do similar things like uh, on my way. I, I don't speak as much Chinese as I ought to these days, but. Uh, on my way home, I'll like often stop at this one of those trucks that sell all the fresh fruit and veg, and I'll often ask like, you know, I have to, I have to speak something. Do you have? And it's obviously only bit like basic things, but I can ask like, oh, how do you say this like this particular vegetable or whatever? So I'm still learning some basic stuff, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it helps me definitely. And people are often very willing to help. Like, no, don't get me wrong, not everyone, but. You know, most people, if you ask them, how do you say this in Chinese, they'll be really willing to help you and, like, probably think it's quite sweet that you're trying to learn Chinese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Definitely. So how about some, um, she was asking about some news sources. Mm-hmm. What Which news sources do you like to use, Holly? Uh, I have to be completely honest with you. I don't really read proper newspapers and most of my news comes from wechat <laughs> uh-huh uh, i'm subscribed to just loads of wechat uh you know channels that serve news um so the shanghaiist is a big one but that's not real <laughs> i mean it's news but it's not like news news you know she wants something serious um and i know like shenzhen daily also they also have like wechat so you can get the news I mean it's all in English if you want to get the Chinese news then you can either buy get oh, I'm, it's free isn't it I think the newspapers are free mm. on the metro um, yeah, in the there's morning, lots of metro often, yeah. newspapers so, and some of those newspapers also have English also have an English version as well mm-hmm. yeah and I think um, in terms of more like serious news uh, most of the Western sites, like The Economist and The Wall Street Journal, I mean, they, they oh, have a lot yeah, of great right. sections. I never on, thought about that. Yeah, yeah I mean, like those, the BBC, I always look at the BBC News for China yeah, and Asia like in general. Yeah, most of those right. um, news syndicates have, like, a China. The Guardian is also good. Yeah, so any of those, like, highly respected newspapers, you know, they usually have a China section yeah, on China or Asia. 
Um, personally, so some of my favorites are, I like the South China Morning Post. Right. Um, they throw a lot of content at you, but it's, it's pretty good. I like that. And uh, then where I, do you, do you access that online? What, yeah, what? I just, um, I use like, I'm still using RSS feeds, guys. Yeah. I love RSS actually. <laughs> um, so I have them in my RSS yeah. feed. Uh, so I get their articles there and then, um. I also sometimes go over to their... They have a couple different... They have one that's, like, for China and one that's for the world. Um, so I kind of check out both. There's a lot of the articles overlap, so I tend mm. to stick to the China one. Um, but it's all in English, and I've got some really interesting articles. I also really like um, What's on Weibo. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm a follower of those. That's fun. I like yeah. that. It kind of keeps you... Again, it's kind of a lighthearted thing, but it keeps you on the pulse of the culture. Mm -hmm in China. So it's basically take so Weibo is a microblogging platform kind of like Twitter and um most of the content is in Chinese. So if you don't read Chinese, it's very difficult to know what's going on. Um but this is a news source that takes all of the articles that have been popular on Weibo for the week and then takes the best ones and puts yeah. them in English for you so you know what's happening. Yeah. And there's other sites like the Chairman's Bao and that kind of those have a lot of like more in, like it's not news, not like a daily news article. It's more um, they're more like essay based, sort of looking into some aspect of Chinese culture. And there's also the Sixth Tone as well. Oh yeah, they're Sixth super Tone is cool. Really like good. I'm really into them right now. Like mm -hmm. their articles, some of them are so like off the wall. And you just think, wow, this is a really interesting article. Yeah, my my probably my ultimate favorite. Of all the news sources that I read, though, is SubChina. Oh, right, yeah. I love SubChina. The articles are really well written. Mm -hmm. The topics are often unique. And they're not always, like, current event style. It's right. not really a news source, but it's just kind of, like, culture in China. And, I mean, a lot of it is current, but it's not... I wouldn't use it to, like, keep up with political news in yeah, China. That's it. But I think it has really um, insightful information that helps you understand so the guy who's um running it kaiser Kuo, Kuo, yeah, yeah 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 so he's he's as i understand it he's an expat like mm -hmm. either he was born in the u.s or he was born sure. in china but he spent most of his time in the u.s but he's like one of those he's like straddling the border between like he's He's Chinese ethnically, but he's got mm. Western identity, and so it's really in, it's really interesting to hear his take and hit the team that he works with. Also, is like either people who have spent a long time in China. I'm talking about twenty plus years, mm. thirty plus years, or people who are from a similar background who understand really well um, Chinese identity and Western identity, and they know how to package yeah, it for a Western right. audience to consume. So I really like that, and they also. Um, have a great podcast. It's called the Seneca Podcast, so I recommend that. So shout out to those guys because I just think they're doing great work over there. So yeah, he writes those. a lot on Quora, doesn't he? I've seen I a lot so, of his yeah. stuff on Quora. He's very much an authority. He's very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah sure. he's he's very well um, spoken. Like he he explains his ideas really Maybe clearly, well. and um, it's usually really factually based. So he's right. he's become an authority in this whole like China meets West like cultural exchange it's really mm -hmm. it's really fascinating yeah cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay um do you have any other do you, you want to
talk about anything else before we wrap it up? No, but I do have a Chinese word yes. to give everybody. Great. So we're talking all about colleges and universities, so we're going to give you the word for uh, university in Chinese, which I love because it's really simple, and that's 大学. So 大学 just means big school. <laughs> so that's awesome because it's really easy to understand what it means. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, so um, I will link to uh, university uh, in our show notes, which is at writtenchinese.com slash episode 107. And we've talked about a lot of things that we could probably link to, uh, including the link to Mandarin HQ, to uh, maybe we can also add some of the um, news, the news sources that we, we, we follow. Yeah. Oh, 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 and any of you out there, <laughs> out there who have had experiences in a Chinese um, university yeah. or in Hong Kong university, mm-hmm. we want to hear from you. Yes, please. Because we've been living here for a long time, but I've never been to a uni. Like I've never, no. you know, I didn't graduate from a Hong Kong or a Chinese university. So it would be really cool to hear. Um, any of you out there, if you've had experiences, so send them in to us. You can just leave them as a comment on the show notes at writtenchinese.com slash episode 107. Yep. Or send them to us however else you want, Facebook, uh, email, whatever. We'd yeah. love to hear from you and share with the rest of our audience your experiences. For sure. And if you would like to ask us a question, you can do so at writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Uh, and you can leave us, um, a voicemail <laughs> or you can leave us a written question like anywhere on our uh, any of our show notes or on Facebook that's facebook.com slash two white chicks the two is T-W-O right 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 anything else to mention? <laughs> yeah well we gotta do it one more time leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already it really really helps us um, mm. we're trying to keep the show going so we need your help send us a review hit us up on patreon would really help us know that you find the show valuable and that you want us to continue so please do that if you can thank you thank you thank you thank you (laughs) thank you and good night (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody thanks for listening Bye. bye